Please remain standing as you're able for God's word from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. I don't know if you've ever had the occasion to walk into a movie just a few minutes late. And it takes you a while to catch up to the story and understand it. And sometimes, if you walk in late, you may never quite catch up to the story. Well, last week, we started talking about our story as a church, which began in 1910. But if that's where you enter the story of our faith, you've come about two minutes before the end of the movie. Because the story of our faith goes way back. It goes back, in fact, uh, more than 4,000 years to Abraham. And it goes back about 3,200 years today. And that's where I want to talk. The people have been enslaved to the Egyptians for 400 plus years. They've never made a decision about when to get up or when to lie down or, or where they could go or what they could do or what they would eat. And it had all been decided for them. And in a mighty act of grace, God frees them. And now they come to God at Sinai to now begin to have their life organized in a way that will bless them and bless other people. And so they come and Moses teaches them what we began to talk about last week, which is about loving God and then about instructing your children on loving God. And then this is what he said. And you're supposed to keep this always in front of you. When you're sitting down, it should be in front of you. When you're walking on the road, you ought to be talking about it. When you lie down, it ought to be there. When you come in someplace, you ought to know about it. When you exit, you ought to know about it. One of the things Moses was teaching them was this, that your faith is not a noun. Your faith is a verb. It is something that you do. It is something that you live. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. That our faith, according to our roots, is a way of life. It is not a belief. It's not a stance you take. It's not a doctrine that you hold. It is a way that you live your life. It is, as Roger taught the children, a journey or a trip through this life. It is a very active thing. It's not a belief. It's a way of life. And the Bible has many stories of people who went out on a journey. Or God took them on a journey. There was Abraham and Sarah who started the first journey more than 4,000 years ago. Joseph himself went on a journey that had him end up in Egypt. When Moses writes these words, he has gone on a journey from Egypt to um, Sinai and back again to Egypt and back to Sinai. He has been on a journey himself. Elijah the prophet will go on a journey. The people of God will wander 40 years in the wilderness. Their life itself was a journey. It was an active thing. In fact, some of the words the Bible chooses to talk about uh, our, our faith are very uh, words that are very active that have to do with journeys and trips. The first Christians you may know at Antioch uh, were called Christians, but before that, the very first people who walked the way of Jesus were called followers of the... Anybody? Followers of the way. It was about a journey. It was about a way they took. Jesus addressed his disciples shortly before he would leave them. And he said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
You can't believe in Jesus if you're not following him, walking with him on the way. That is what our faith is about. When the uh, Old Testament gets summed up, the Hebrew Bible gets summed up by the prophet Micah, it's summed up in Micah 6, 8. And Micah asked this question, what does the Lord require of you? And then you remember perhaps that he says three things. One is, is to love mercy, another is to do justice, and the third one was to walk humbly with God. Our life with God is not about our belief. It's about our journey. And this is all I want to do uh, this morning because it just struck me when I got here that all these extra chairs weren't set up for me. Uh, so since Ray Vanderland is going to be here talking at uh, 1055 about our Jewish roots, I, I want to give you a few observations about our Jewish roots for our way of life. And there are three. Our life is a journey, and there's three things I want to tell you about that. The first one is this. It shouldn't surprise you, but our life is a journey with God. The Hebrews had a wonderful saying that we have come from God and we're going to God. We are from God, we're going back to God, but in between it stands to reason that all of our life is with God. And so the Hebrews never had a separation of sacred and secular. They didn't separate synagogue and state. For them, it was all one. All of life was lived under God's reign. All of life's decisions were made in consultation with God's word. Uh, all of life was lived under God. Or as Marvin Wilson says in the wonderful book, Our Father Abraham, all issues were theological issues. Who you were at school, who you are at home, who you were at work, all of that is no different than who you are in the synagogue. It is all life lived under God with God. And so one of the things I think it says to me is if all of our life is lived with God, then two things become very important. One is prayer. That we live our life in continual conversation with God about our life. And let God lead us through our lives in prayer. Uh, we mentioned in the uh, quotes this morning, you'll notice about Tevier and Fiddler on the Roof. And, and that's a wonderful example of someone who's always in conversation with God about the fortunes or misfortunes of his life. But all of his life is placed under God's purview. So prayer immediately is a way that we live all our life with God. Scripture is another way. Being attentive to what God has said is very important for us to be able to navigate our way through life. Jesus told the disciples that there was a broad way which wasn't going to go the right way, and there was a narrow way. There was a narrow path that we were to walk. And to be able to walk that narrow path, we will need to be in conversation with God through prayer and Scripture. All of our life, every decision that we make is lived under God and is made in consultation with God. That's the first thing. The second thing I want you to know about this journey is not only is it with God, but it is with God in this world. In this world. The Hebrews' concept of an afterlife was if I walk with God in this life, the next life takes care of itself. And they knew that God had placed them on this planet for a reason. A Hebrew would never ask the question that we often ask, which is, what is the meaning of life? They wouldn't bother with that. For them, the question is, what is the purpose of life? And the purpose of life is to work with God on bringing God's reign into this world. In other words, the purpose of life isn't to kill time here until we get to heaven. The purpose of life is to try to bring some of heaven down to here. And they had a beautiful phrase to describe this. It was called tikkun alom, which is to fix what is broken. In our world, we see signs of misery and hurt and pain and brokenness everywhere. 
they saw it as a part of their mission on this earth to mend as much of what was broken, to alleviate as much pain and suffering as was possible. Their job, in other words, was not to try to get people to heaven, but was to try to get heaven down on earth. Or as Dallas Willard has said, I think very succinctly, as a church, we should not be about getting people into heaven. We should be about getting heaven into people. That was their focus. It was on this world. And when our focus is appropriate on working with God in this world, the next world takes care of itself quite naturally because eternal life is simply a continuation of the journey that we have started with God in this world. We can never write off this planet. We can't gleefully talk about a day of judgment or holocausts, nuclear or otherwise. That, in the Jewish concept, is unthinkable. Because we are here to fix what is broken, not to pray that God will somehow break it worse. We are here with a purpose. To walk with God in this world, making life better for others. And the final thing I'd want you to know about this journey, and maybe it's the most important thing, is what Roger taught his children. It is unthinkable in Jewish roots that you would take this journey alone. You've heard me tell you before that you're Texans. You have a leg up on understanding the scriptures. Most people read the scriptures where Paul says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they think it's an individual because they don't have a word in English to do what the Greek is doing. But we do. That word is y'all. When Paul says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's plural. It's y'all. When God calls on people to do things, it's y'all. It's not you individually must be born again. Y'all must be born again. The Jews wouldn't worry about individual believers coming down to the altar at the Billy Graham crusade. What fun would it be? How would it honor God if a whole bunch of us didn't come down and make this journey and this commitment together? Life was not lived alone. I think it's very instructive that God planted Jesus first in Nazareth and later in Capernaum. And the reason is those areas were different than Judea. Judea was a little bit more like American faith. It was a little more individualistic, a little more simple, uh, centered around making the appropriate uh, responses to the temple. But Galilean faith was very community-oriented. Archaeologists have excavated places where as many as 175 to 300 extended family members would live under one roof. Why do you think Mary and Joseph aren't worried when they come back from Jerusalem and Jesus isn't with them? It's not because somebody needs to report them to uh, human services or child protective services. The issue is we always run around in a large group. Jesus is there somewhere. We're a community. 150, 200, 300 people together making pilgrimages to the temple. Not one person going, sitting all by themselves, trying to to worship God. It was a, a community thing. And I think God very intentionally said, boy, if someone's going to raise my son, I want them raised in a community. I don't want them raised out there where he has to try to fend for himself. That's part of the scandal of the prodigal son. I'm a father of three boys. The scandal for me is that one of the boys would tell his dad, drop dead and leave. That bugs me a little bit. But that's not what bugged the Jewish mind. The Jewish mind is, what kind of idiot thinks he can leave the community and be true to his faith? What kind of idiot thinks he can just leave the road and stay on the right path? He goes to a far country, which in biblical terms, this is about 10 miles away. It's an area probably called the Decapolis, where, where the pagans live. 
Well, what kind of idiot thinks he can survive in a world of pagans without his brothers and sisters in the faith around him? That's what's so ridiculous about the prodigal son. Yeah, he's not a great kid to his dad. But worse, he dishonors his own faith and community by thinking he can go it alone. How many times have well-meaning people said to me, Well, Pastor, you know, I can just worship at the beach by myself or under a tree. Well, you can do something, I guess, get a suntan or get some shade, but you can't worship. Worship is a communal exercise. And my mistake the first uh, several years as a pastor was I underemphasized small groups and community, and I believe they're essential. And my biggest mistake in the last 10 years of this church has been to lead you to think that if you did that, then you didn't need to come worship with your community. That would be absolute nonsense in the Jewish faith. We hung around together and we worshiped together and we found our strength in both of those things. Nobody did it alone. The path is too narrow. It's too steep. It's too rocky. And anybody who lives in the Holy Land gets that, to be able to walk alone. And so our faith teaches us that our life is a journey with God. It is to make this world better as we walk and live together with other people of faith. I thought Ray had a very good example um, yesterday when he was talking about what happened in, uh, in, in the first days after Jesus' death. Jesus had a number of homeboys there in Galilee. All of them were from Galilee except for Judas, which is kind of interesting because he's the one that ended up going off the, off the path. And he sent these homeboys from Galilee, from the country to the big city in Asia Minor. Basically, they got sent from Smallville to Vegas. And what happened was, at these pagan centers of Ephesus and Pergamum and Sardis and Smyrna, within about a century, these almost totally pagan places had become almost totally Christian. And you have to ask yourself, why? Well, the power of God, yes. But why else? Was it that they were great preachers? Believe me, the pagans had as good as preaching or better. Were they great theorists with wonderful ideas? Believe me, nobody loved to debate ideas and toss them around more than the pagans. Then what was the difference, Ray asked. And the difference appears to be this. The quality of the lives that were led by those homeboys from Galilee when they got into the big city. Their lives were so different because it wasn't a matter of doctrine or belief. It was their complete way of life following the Messiah that guided them. They were so different that it attracted people around them and to them. And as they followed God, making their life a way of life, the people around them noticed and they joined them. And the world was never quite the same.